Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Evening everyone. If you don't know me, my name is Rosie and I help lead this site of CCM um, along with my husband Connor. And recently in our evening services, we've been going through a series called The Path of Discipleship. And we've been looking at, quite simply, how we can become more like Jesus as Christians. And we've looked at what it means to deny ourselves. We've looked at what it means to abide in Christ, um, to be like Jesus. And now this evening, we're going to focus on what it means to learn from Jesus. So we're going to use three key passages to do this. Um, And so we're going to kick off by reading those. But before we do, I'm just going to pray for us. Yeah, Lord God, would you come um, with your Holy Spirit now? Would you open our eyes and our hearts to hear what it is that you want to say to us this evening? I thank you that you have um, something specific for each of us that you want to say. And I pray that we would be open to hearing that this evening, Lord God. Amen. So our first passage um, is a pretty famous one that comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. It should come up behind me as well. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Secondly, we're going to read a few chapters earlier in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to chapter 5, verse 2. And that says, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And then finally we're going to read from 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. And that says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from who you learnt it, and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we can see there's a theme that runs throughout these three passages and that is learning from God. So we're going to look this evening at Jesus' invitation to us to learn from him. We're also going to have a look at some of the things that Jesus actually taught whilst he was on earth and then finally we're going to see that the Bible... The living word of God is God-breathed. So has anyone here ever had a terrifying teacher, maybe um, at school or at uni? Um, When I was 16, I moved from my um, secondary school um, to a new sixth form college that was quite um, prestigious. You had to do quite well to get in. I had absolutely scraped my way in, um, but it was very, very full of intelligent people preparing to go to Oxford or Cambridge. 
Um, and one of the A-levels that I chose to do was history, um, because I'd loved it all the way through secondary school. Um, but once I got to this sixth form, I found it near impossible. So massive respect for anyone that decided to do history A-level or is studying it now. Um, but partly the reason I struggled with it was because I had an absolutely terrifying teacher. His name was Mr. Thompson. I'm never going to forget that name. Um, he'd been at the college for years and years and was highly respected by all the other teachers. Um, and he had a rule um, that if you were even one minute late to this lesson, uh, you weren't allowed in. So he'd actually lock our classroom door. You could definitely not get away with that nowadays, but he used to do that. He had another rule that if you didn't come prepared with your homework to the lesson, that you, you couldn't come in, you'd have to leave. And he was really good at publicly shaming anyone that broke either of those rules. Um, and so when I was about a month into being at this college um, and I realised I'd forgotten my homework for my history class, I panicked big time. I remember calling my mum from this courtyard area at the college and hatching this plan with my mum that I would pretend I had a dentist appointment. So shout out to my mum for, for helping me come up with my excuse. Um, so anyway, I hot-footed it home that day, um, missed my history lesson that had been in the afternoon and then the next day I came back in and Mr Thompson came and found me in my Spanish class um, and asked me to go to his office at lunch. You can imagine my terror. When I got there, he proceeded to tell me that his office window had been open yesterday and that I'd been stood um, in front of his office window talking on the phone to my mum. Um, so he'd heard everything that I'd said about my fake dentist appointment. Uh, it's safe to say that was not a fun conversation. Uh, the rest of the year, he would pick on me um, in my history classes like more than other people. Uh, and however hard I tried to get the answer right, I always, always got the answer wrong because I was so afraid of him. I ended up totally failing history and had to drop it. Um, the moral of the story there is don't lie. Um, but it's also that when we're trying to learn from a teacher or when we're trying to learn anything, we must be at peace. We must have rest. And that's what I want to talk about first this evening. Jesus' commandment in Matthew 11 is to learn from him, to take heed of what he says, to pay attention to what he's saying. But it comes with this promise of rest. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In these verses, amazingly, we're given this little insight into the heart of God, fundamentally who Jesus is. He's describing himself here as gentle and humble in heart. And the instruction that Jesus gives us is to learn from him. Like we've seen already in previous weeks, back in Jesus' time, um, if you had a rabbi or a teacher, uh, that, that meant that you were basically trying to learn everything you could from this person. Um, and so another step that we're going to take on our path of discipleship to Jesus is that we're going to learn from him. Jesus came into the world for this very purpose, to show us the way. In, in Isaiah 9, this, the prophet Isaiah describes Jesus as a wonderful counsellor and a prince of peace. And when he's described him this way, Isaiah doesn't mean he's just good um, or even excellent. The Hebrew word for wonderful is pele, which means wonders. So in other words, God is a doer of miracles. God is a doer of wonders in our lives. And then the word counsellor here refers to what we would also think of when we, when we hear that word counsellor. The role of a counsellor or a teacher is to impart wisdom or to impart experience in order to lead people away from darkness into light. 
Um, I have a counsellor who I speak to and her name is Lynn. Um, and Connor and I often refer to her as Lynn the legend because that is what she is. Um, she's such a wise person and has changed my life for the better in so many ways. And when I've been living um, sometimes in that place of emotional dysfunction that all of us are prone to, whether we know it or not, um, she can sometimes just feel like that guiding light, like she just switches a light on um, for me and I'm at peace again. She uses biblical truth and life experience as a Christian to help counsel me, and I'm so grateful for it. But Lynn, although she is a legend, she is not the source of all truth and all (coughs) wisdom. Um, Only Jesus is. He is more than just good. He's more than just excellent. He is the only true counsellor that we can trust in to learn from. What Lynn the legend does for me is fantastic. But if I were to only rely on her words of wisdom and not go to the true source... Um, I miss out on life in all its fullness. Jesus is the best teacher. He wants to be our counsellor. He wants to, um, and he's a teacher who promises to meet us always with love and not anger. He wants to hear the ups and downs of our lives. He wants us to feel listened to and understood by him. And this is why he is the wonderful counsellor and prince of peace. He brings light into our darkness and He redirects us amid the chaos of this world. Jesus is the one who understands us when no one else understands us. Jesus is the one who can help us confront the past and begin again in life. Why? Because he faced what we face. He was human. So he understands our heartbreaks. He understands our desires, our longings, our dreams, our traumas. And like we read in that verse in Matthew, when we attach ourselves to him, when we truly decide to follow his ways and learn from him... He gives us this promise of peace. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is why we want to learn from Jesus, because he is the true source of rest and peace in our lives. And only he can transform us into real disciples of him. I've recently been watching um, a TV series that depicts the life of Jesus on earth. And what I've found really fascinating about it is is seeing how, how the disciples are constantly, constantly just making mistakes all the time. They think they know it all. Um, They think they fully understand who Jesus is and they're really clued up. Um, but time and time again, they're proven wrong. Jesus was always one step ahead of them with a different perspective or doing something shockingly different than what they expected that he would do. And a few years ago, um, I found myself relating to God in a way that wasn't actually true to who who he is. Um, I didn't know it at the time that I'd kind of developed these habits, but legalism was what characterised my relationship with God. Subconsciously, I was believing that God was waiting for me to make my next mistake. That unless I read a certain psalm a few times a day, um, then maybe I was out of God's good books and I began to doubt my salvation in some ways. My interactions with my version of God did not lead me to peace and to rest, but to anxiety. My ideas about who Jesus was weren't coming from looking to him um, and reading about his character in the Bible, but instead... They were coming from, from, my own, from my own feelings about who God was, coming from myself. And eventually a speaker 
um, at a Christian event that I was at um, called me out on it. This guy didn't know me at all, but um, just asked to pray for me at the end. Um, and he essentially relayed everything that I'd been feeling about God um, over that period. And as he prayed for me, I felt such a relief as I re-encountered again this God who is so gentle and so humble in heart. And over the following weeks and months, I felt as though the gospel was being kind of illuminated to me um, in the Bible. Where before, all I'd been able to see was condemnation and guilt. Now I could just see freedom and love. It can be so easy as disciples of Jesus to stray from the truth of who he is, whether that be because of fear, um, like I had with my teacher at at sixth form, um, or because other voices in our lives become louder than the truth. But like that verse says in Jeremiah, if we stay connected to the source, if we keep learning from the Bible, referring to it in every life situation that comes up, then we can trust that we are being moulded into true disciples of Jesus. In the second passage that we read in Matthew chapter 4, we saw that Jesus went around preaching the good news of the kingdom. Jesus, who was God, taught mostly about God and his kingdom, which makes sense, right? Um, And in the chapter before this, in Matthew 3, John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus by claiming that the kingdom of God is near. So from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, even before he'd started, the focus was on the kingdom that he was establishing. But this kingdom was so vastly different to all other kingdoms that existed. So often Jesus would contrast earthly rulers and authorities and kingdoms with God's kingdom so that the people would understand what he was talking about. He emphasised that this kingdom was going to be different. It wasn't a kingdom of grappling for your own power. It was a kingdom of humility where the last would be first, where God himself would become a servant. A little bit different to the context that these people were used to. And while it's obvious that the focus of many of Jesus' teachings were about God and his kingdom, those teachings would have been completely pointless to us if there wasn't a way for us to get there. So another topic that Jesus covered a lot was faith and salvation. He taught that the kingdom of God is at hand and he said, essentially, I've made a way for you to enter it. So simply repent and believe in me. Like I mentioned earlier, the disciples were quite often making mistakes. They seem like such ordinary people. When you read about them in the Gospels, you can see they're constantly making mistakes, but they're constantly seeking still to learn from Jesus. But they were, quite frankly, very often a disappointing disaster. Peter denied Jesus. Thomas doubted. They all fought over who was the greatest. Um, Judas betrayed Jesus. And then at the cross, the disciples deserted him and fled. When Jesus needed their support, they quite often disappointed him. But what we see throughout the Gospels is that Jesus continued in humility to teach them. He knew their brokenness and their sin, yet he continued to show them the way. Most of the disciples actually disappeared from the Bible early in the first century, but history records what they did. And put quite simply, these guys carried Christianity all over the known world. Matthew gave up financial security to follow Jesus. Philip was a fisherman but became a fisher of men and was eventually hanged for his faith in Phrygia. Jesus was martyred, sorry, not Jesus. James was martyred in the streets of Jerusalem in 45 AD. Andrew took the gospel to Russia. He's now the patron saint of Russia and then was later crucified in Greece. These disciples did not start well, but they ended strong. They were transformed by Jesus by being taught by a teacher who had 
um, humility, love and compassion for these guys. They took on the teachings of Jesus and it changed them. And when Jesus was preaching about the kingdom of God being near, the response he was looking for from the crowd was that they would repent and believe. To repent literally means to think differently. And that's what Jesus' teaching did for the disciples and for those who were listening. It got them to think differently. And what happened to these guys can happen to us. The disciples became pillars of faith through learning from Jesus and the Holy Spirit and thinking differently as a result. And we as Christians today, we can replace the lies and the wrong thinking that we have about Jesus and God's kingdom with the truth and we can be transformed. Dallas Willard puts it this way. He says, the process of spiritual formation in Christ is one of progressively replacing our own destructive images and ideas with images and ideas that filled the mind of Christ. Us becoming disciples of Jesus is the process of us losing many of our ideas that we have about God the world and ourselves and replacing them with what God says. So similar to when I had to rediscover the gospel after having thought wrongly about it for so long, Jesus says, I am the Prince of Peace. That's the truth for our periods of anxiety. God says, I'm the everlasting Father. That's the truth for when we need security. God says, you are my child and I knew you before you were born. That's the truth for when we need significance. God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That's the truth for when God feels far away. God says, I'm your refuge and your safe place. This is the truth for when we're learning to trust in God. Let's learn these teachings of Jesus because either he was on earth who he said he was or he's not. And we all have that decision to make. But if we decide that he is who he says he is, then every single word that he uttered when he was on earth that is recorded in the Bible should be so important to us. It should become like our blueprint for life. The words of the Bible should be like our blueprint for life because these words were inspired by the Holy Spirit. These words are what God wants us to know. About a year ago, my mum gave me this really sweet present, which was a recipe book of um, all of her staple meals um, that I used to eat growing up. And it included her own specific recipe for roast potatoes, um, also some of the chocolate brownies that she made for our wedding, um, a pancake recipe that we used to make uh, when I was a kid, and many others. And I've referred back to this cookbook um, time and time again, and it's helped me a lot at getting better at replicating her amazing recipes. And although I have a lot of other good recipe books... If I want to make a meal that actually tastes like my mum's authentic cooking, I have to go to her own recipe book because she wrote it. She's the only one that I would want to refer to if I'm trying to do that. And it's kind of similar to what Timothy has said in in the verse that we read earlier about all scripture being God-breathed. God designed the Bible with us in mind. He knew who he was writing to. And he wants us to refer to it, to use it as a guide, to memorise bits of it, to write it out, to meditate on it. Jesus himself said in Matthew, God, uh, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This was Jesus himself saying this. He himself needed to be meditating on scripture. How much more do we need to be doing this? So a few years ago, um, I decided to commit to memory the whole of Psalm 139. Don't test me on it now. Um, Not because memorising big chunks of scripture is particularly holy or important, um, but it was more because I realised I really needed to have some truth about who God says I am to hand all the time. Um, I wanted to be able to access it whenever I needed it. 
And I really, really don't regret having done this. I can meditate on this psalm now in times of anxiety, if I'm out and about, if I'm feeling overwhelmed or stuck. um, I can just be under my breath meditating on the truth. And as disciples of Jesus, getting stuck into the Bible and looking constantly to the true source of our faith is going to be what moves us further on our journey of discipleship. We need to make sure that the Bible is our reference point, that the Bible is our true source. It's also important to evaluate what you consume of how others interpret the Bible. Um, Everything we read, listen to or watch about the Bible, we need to weigh up against the true word of God. It can be so, so easy sometimes to see what we want to see in the Bible um, and not actually what God says is the truth. And this is where community comes in. As we look at the Bible together in community, we can help each other understand what God is saying to us as a group and as individuals as well. When we're in community, we can help direct each other when we need to. That's why joining a community group um, is going to be so, so beneficial for our apprenticeship to Jesus. So let's be people who are passionate about learning who Jesus was, who are passionate about hearing him speak to us through his word, about growing in a true understanding of who he really is. And we don't want to do this out of fear or guilt. We can't be motivated by those things like I tried doing at History A-Level. Because if we're motivated by fear, it won't become heart knowledge for us. We must be motivated by a desire and a love for God. In 2 Corinthians, it says, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. No one could ever love us that much. No one could love us more than that. No one could sacrifice more than that. So let's take another step on our journey um, with Jesus. Take heed of what he's saying to us, even here this evening, that we are his children, his students. He wants to be our great teacher, our counsellor, who is with us in the ups and downs of life, who's with us in every single moment, that he gave up everything for us us, so that we could have um, relationship with him.